0: Hey, good morning, everyone. Hey, before we uh, jump into the message this morning, I want to pray for our family in our church. Um, There is a dear, dear woman in our church, been a member of our church for many, many years, Kate McConnell, and she suddenly passed away. Uh, this week. And I just wanted to pray for her and her, her family. She just had an infectious laugh. I used to love just to make her laugh because it would just make my whole day. And um, I just want to pray for her. And maybe maybe you've come into this place today with some heavy burdens, things that are just weighing on you. I want you to know what the Word of God says. It says, we can cast all our cares at Jesus' feet because he does care for us. And I want you to know that you're cared for today, that you're loved that the Lord knows exactly what you're going through. There's nothing that we go through that he doesn't know and, and that he doesn't care about. And so as we come before him today, we're just going to lay this before the Lord. And, and if you're here today, I want you to know that the Lord cares about what you're going through today. And I'm so thankful that Jesus is our burden bearer, that he takes our cares and we can place him on his shoulders because he cares for us. You know, we were never meant to, to bear the weight of the world. We can't do it. And uh, it's just too much. And that's why we can run to Christ. And He can, in return, give us His peace and His comfort that we need when we are going through some difficult times. So, would you just pray, pray with me as we just, just before we jump into the message today? Father God, um, we thank you that you're our burden bearer. Lord, we thank you that we can cast all our cares at Your feet because You do care for us today. And Lord, I just pray for the McConnell family. I pray, Lord, for Your comfort and Your care over them. I thank you for the memories of Kate, dear, dear sweet sister, who loved the Lord, who was such a special part of our family here at Living Word. We just pray for their family, God. And I pray for anyone else that's just coming to this place, that's just carrying some heavy burdens. Maybe no one even knows about it. Maybe it's a burden that you're carrying, that we're carrying, that we haven't even expressed, but you know it. You know, and we lay it at your feet. And we thank you that you love us today. I pray as we... Uh, dive into your word today. Lord, I pray that you would reveal to us truly what's going on in our heart, that we know that's a sa- that there's a Savior who gave his life for us to save us from ourselves, that we don't have to struggle through this world not knowing who we are or what our worth is. I thank you, Jesus, that you show us what our true worth is. I pray that our hearts would be open, that we wouldn't be distracted, that we would hear what you would want us to hear today through your word. We love you, we thank you, we honor you, and it's a privilege to sit under the teaching of your word to hear what you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit. And we just want to be careful to ask all these things in Jesus' precious name, in Jesus' precious name, and all God's children said, amen, amen, amen. Um, We're continuing our series in, in exposing the lies we believe, and we're looking at the lie of believe in yourself. And we're going to dive into that. And and I believe there's a struggle that every one of us face, that we live in this world, don't we? And, and, And we're not immune to all the problems in the world, right? How many of you have zero problems in your life? Everything's wonderful. If you raise your hand, you're a liar. You're a stinking liar, okay? We all have problems. And we're faced with the pressures of the world. And what the world tells us it's, it's a constant battle of hearing what the world says and then trying to decipher through all that and then hearing the truth of God's word. And we have to continually expose our lives and expose our hearts to the truth of God's word so we don't get sucked into this vortex of the world and them telling us what our worth is or how to find our worth. I read a story about George W. Bush uh, when he was running for president in the 80s and he learned from his mother. His mother, Dorothy, was a strong mama. How many of you were raised by some strong mamas? Four of you? Really? I mean, okay. No, I I know some of you have got some strong mamas, and they were involved in your life, and they raised you right, and Dorothy wanted to make sure that she was... She she raised George Wright, and she taught them many things. And and one of the things she's taught them is not to be too self-absorbed in yourself. And as speechwriters would write for George as he was running for the presidency, um, they would tend to use the word I a lot in his speeches. And then what he would do is he would take the word I out of his speech speeches and insisted that his mom told him that he shouldn't talk too much about himself. And so then they would put it back in and then and he would give into the speech writers and, and he would give his speech and the word I would be in there quite quite often. Then he'd get a call the next day from his mama. Dorothy would call him and say, Georgie, I don't know if she called him that, but maybe Georgie. Um, you're talking about yourself too much. Now, who do you think won out? Of course, Dorothy won out because she was smart. But what she was teaching George was something very important. She was teaching George to keep pride at bay, to keep pride away and not to think too much of himself. And I think at the, at the core of this idea of just believe in yourself, can be pride. And we know that that at the root of all sin is pride. Pride is something that we battle with and it can come in, in different forms. Now, is it good to feel good about your work or to be thankful for your kids? That's great. We should be thankful and we should want to do a good job. We should want to do well at school, all those things. But here's where pride can get yucky. Here's where it can get real difficult. It can come It can come in the form of many different deceiving ways, like, like it can come in the form of boasting or arrogance or superiority or making others feel insignificant. Pride can be disguised even in false humility, like, look at all that I do for the Lord, right? Lord, look at all I do for you, right? And pat ourselves on the back, right? It can come in, in false humility. We should be doing things for the Lord. We should be working hard for the Lord and, and loving the Lord, but we have to be careful with our motivation that pride isn't isn't getting in the way of our motivation of wanting to serve the Lord. That is why pride is seen as the root of all sins. And so what pride does is, and this is what I want to unpack for us today, pride limits my ability to see my own faults and sins. Are you with me, church? It does. Pride When pride gets in the way, And and when it when it just wedges its way into my heart, what it does is it will blind us from our own faults and our own sins and, and make us unwilling to admit that maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my motives aren't correct in this way. And this is what I want to unpack for us today, because what what pride ends up doing is it gives us a missed place sense of worth. It gives us a mis, this misplaced sense of worth. And, and what do I mean by that? We're trying to feel good about ourselves and we're trying to feel worthy about ourselves. But if we look for that worth in things or what I achieve, then pride can slide in and say, look at all I do. Look how well that I did. Look at my accomplishments. And the Word of God speaks directly to that. Look at Romans 12 with me, verse 16. I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. But listen to what it says. And here here Paul's speaking. He says, live in harmony with one another and do not be haughty. Don't be cocky. Don't be haughty. Snobbish, high-minded, exclusive. But readily adjust yourself to people and things and give yourself to humble tasks. Never, I like this part, never overestimate yourself or be wise in your own conceits. Amen to God's word? Everybody say, ouch. That's an ouchy verse, right? That's an ouchy verse. So what is is Paul unpacking for us? What is he saying? We, we, We must understand that pride can be hidden in our hearts and we need to combat it in the right way. And it's not seeing it in ourselves. It's not trying to find ourselves. And this is this is what I I want to um, express to you today, how important it is for us to understand the gospel message in this way, to keep pride at bay in our lives. And what we've been doing is we've been looking at lies that we believe and how to overcome them. And let's be honest with ourselves as we've discovered over the past weeks. Let's all be honest. Let's all be honest. Everybody say, let's be honest. Let's be honest, okay? The easiest person to deceive you is who? Right. It's ourselves, right? That's the easiest person. And how many of you made bad decisions that you talked yourself into, right? You're up two o'clock in the morning. You just thought you needed those Ginsu knives, right? You just thought you needed that treadmill. And now it's a great place to hang your clothes, right? How many of you, how many, it's March, it's March. How many of you back January, end of December, you made a new year's resolution. Let me ask, how's that working out for you? Right? How's it working out? Right? We, we have great, great intentions, but we talk ourselves into a lot of stuff that are mistakes. And that is why we need to guard our hearts constantly, constantly, because all of us, every single one of us have blind spots. We do. We have blind spots. Now, in my car, it has a little camera that when you turn into the right lane, it shows you a picture on your dashboard of cars coming. I love that because I can tend to get lazy. Like I, you know, you're supposed to look over your shoulder. Look over. How many times did you not look over your shoulder? And all of a sudden, there's a car, and you're like, Wah! right? It beeps. It beeps at you. Am I the only one that's done that? No one else has done that. Believe some of you have almost run me off the road. So I know some of you have done it. Right? We all have blind spots if we're not here. Um, in his books, lies Christians believe. Shame. Pruitt does a great job unmasking easily believed lies that we fall for and I want to glean from some of his thoughts, and I appreciated his thoughts uh, in this matter. Um, there's, a, there's a movie, there's one of the Rocky movies um, called Rocky Balboa, and it's after Rocky 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. It's after those. I think it's like the 15th Rocky movie within the series. Maybe some of you have seen it, maybe you haven't. Let me just say this first of all, all of you know I love the Rocky movies. Rocky 1 is the best by far. Don't even argue with me okay don't even argue with me don't facebook me don't comment don't get up and walk out one is the best but it was there's an interesting sequence in this movie of rocky boboa where rocky's son is grown up and they're having this discussion about worth and rocky is trying to speak into his son about worth because he's struggling his son is struggling with his identity And who he is. And so Rocky is trying to give him the Rocky Balboa pep talk, right? And I want to quote you what he says. And and so here's the scene, Rocky talking with his son. And this is what he says to his son. It was great watching you. Every day was like a privilege. Then time came for you to be on your own, to be your own man, and to take on the world. And you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stop being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you that you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how... Tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits. And not pointing the finger saying you ain't where you want to be because of him, her, or anybody. Cowards do that, and that ain't you. You're better than that. And I'm always going to love you no matter what, no matter what happens, you're my son and you're my blood. You're the best thing that is in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't going to have a life. And don't forget to visit your mother. End of quote. That's the best thing he said, I think. I? Now, it's a great, it's a great scene. It's a great, it's a great scene. It's a good moment between Rocky and his son. Rocky's trying to speak into his son's life. Rocky obviously loves his son and wants the best for him. He wants him to, you know, obviously visit his mother. He wants the best... For Rocky, but it's the last part of that quote that sounds good, but is it true? It's the last part there where Rocky tells his son to believe in himself. And that's the question Are we to believe in ourselves? Now, it sounds good, but does it really help our self esteem or our worth? To simply believe in ourselves, because we will hear things. And This is maybe what the world will tell us: if you believe it, you can what achieve it, right? It's if you believe it, if you do this, if you believe in yourself, you can achieve it. And this is the way we deal. Is this the way we deal with our low self-esteem or insecurities? Now, I understand. I understand the motivation behind it. We want to feel good about ourselves. But the message is deceiving. The message is deceiving. As long as you have self-confidence, you can do anything. You can do anything. That's what we're told. And so we're, we're inundated with self-help books. I mean, just Google self-help books. I mean, thousands upon thousands of books will come up to help you do the one, two, three-step To better improve yourself and your self-esteem and what's the reason why is there such a big market for this self-help arena it's because we're dealing with an identity crisis in our world we don't know who we are And, and for some reason i'm intrigued by documentaries that deal with american culture and what we strive for and in America, we are very blessed and we have a lot of privileges and, and, and that afford us more than, than many places in the world. But even with it, there is a lot of dangers that we try to find our significance in these external things. How well we achieve in our job, what school we go to, how, you know, all these, all these things. And, and, and those things are not intrinsically bad within themselves, but what, be, what begins to happen, they are pseudo, they are false to try to make you feel good about yourself. And so we're trying to find our wealth through these things, through my job, through whatever it might be. And it's okay to want to do well. That's not the point. We should want to excel and do well. But the problem is we're trying to find our wealth and so or our worth in those things. And when those things don't work out for us, then, then what crumbles is our identity because we put all our hope in these things that we thought were going to work out for us. And when they don't work out, our hope begins to crumble. Right. No, it can, be, it can be your kids, parents. We all want the best for our kids, right? But what if everything doesn't work out perfect for them? And if our hope is in that, and our identity is in that, and, and, and it, we point back to ourselves, I'm not a good parent, or what did I do wrong? And our identity, if it's wrapped up in that, and our worth is wrapped up in that, when that doesn't work out the way we want it to, it's like the rug is pulled out from underneath us. It's because we're in identity crisis. So is believing in myself going to help me with my worth? The answer is no. We have to look at a better way. And if we don't look at the gospel to solve that problem for us, then we're going to be aimlessly running in the dark, chasing after one thing after another to try to make myself feel better. And Rocky is right. This world stinks. And it will beat us up. But our hope is not in this world. Our hope is in the one who conquered this world for us, and that's Jesus Christ. And if my hope is not in Him, then I'm going to struggle consistently in my life trying to find worth and who I am. And listen, I, I for myself too, but I, I feel for our younger generation that has to face this world through the inundation of the of social media and showing our young people what a perfect life looks like or, or how to look a perfect way. I can't imagine that struggle. I'm old now, and I just gave up, so that doesn't bother me as much. But I can't imagine the struggle, and I think we as parents have no idea what our kids are facing. I mean, the biggest problem I had as a kid, is, am I going to big build a big enough jump that I can jump my bike over on Saturday afternoon with my buddies, Right? The biggest thing we had was who's going to fight who in my neighborhood, right? It was just, you know, block wars on Norcross Drive in a Arundaqua, right? I mean, it was just different. And the pressure, the pressure to fit in is extraordinary. To be somebody that we want this world, to get enough likes that we want on social media to feel good about ourselves, it's an endless pit. And I can't imagine the struggle it is for me, but how much more for a younger generation? And I'm praying, church, I'm praying that God does a huge move in our country, and I'm seeing little pockets of these awakenings or revivals, whatever you want to call it, and I say, God, go, go, God. We see it on a campus, at a college campus where revival broke out. We're seeing it in different ways. Listen, I don't recommend too many movies, but the Jesus Revolution movie is good. It shows what God can do through a younger generation of people that say yes to Jesus. And with everything that we're faced with and all the pressure that we're faced with, isn't it amazing that God is still moving? He's still moving, and we need to pray for that. And if he moves through our young people to start it, I say, God, let it happen. Let it happen, Lord. Okay, I am so off my notes right now, I apologize. <laughs> let me get up the sermon uh, within itself, but I just wanted to share with you my, my heart. You see, as long as you just have self-confidence in yourself, we think that might be enough, but it's never enough. It's never enough. So we're not to trust our hearts. We're not to trust our hearts. Our hearts are deceitful of all things. Who can trust it? The the prophet Jeremiah says. So let's talk about ourselves today, can we? Let's talk about our heart. Let's talk talk about really what's going on there. And, and, And the more I believe we look into ourselves, the more we're going to be led astray. So the answer... To the lie, believe in yourself. It's the gospel. This is where God's word gives us the answer. And we need to understand that we're fallen individuals, and all of us have a sinful nature. And if you don't believe me, just if you parent and you raise kids, just look at your children. They'll show you. They all have we all do, but they have the spiritual gift of selfishness. We, you know, we we've got to teach them how to share, right? We all want our stuff. You know, don't don't touch my stuff, right? It's my stuff. Mommy, they're taking my thing. Right? That, that was my household growing up with my two sisters that always ganged up on me, but everything, really don't touch. So I would take their Barbie dolls and hide them and take the uh, Barbie Corvette and roll it off the roof of the house. Anyways, I did a lot of crazy things. Anyways, it's another day, another story. So we must we we must teach them how to share because naturally we we are selfish. But we need to believe in something greater than ourselves and the gospel gives us the answer so here it is in order to find ourselves the word of God says we actually have to die to ourselves it's a dying to myself because intrinsically within me lies sin and the proclivity to want to take care of myself. So if I'm not dying to myself and I rely on myself, it's going to get me into a heap of trouble every single time. I want you to listen to the words of Jesus. And this is what he says to his followers. And these are very hard words, but I want to, I want to explain them to you and what Jesus meant. I want you to listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew 16, 24. Jesus then said to his disciples, whoever wants... To be my disciple, must do what? Deny. Deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. What is Jesus saying? He's saying that self denial is intentional. It's intentional. It's something we do. It's not something we're co- coerced to do. Jesus says, I'm going to get you in a headlock. I'm going to make you follow me. I'm going to make you do. These are willing. Disciples that say, I understand what Jesus Christ did for me, so I'm willingly going to lay my life down, take up my cross, and follow Jesus because I understand what he has gone through for me. So self-denial is intentionally denying control over my life and giving that power now to Christ. Not finding it myself, but finding it in the power of our risen Savior. Now, here's where it gets real. Here's where it gets more than just Sunday morning going to church and and feeling good. I went to church, check mark, and then I go back and I live the rest of the week the way I want to live. Here's where it gets real. When you've truly died to yourself, it means, I want your will now to be done in my life. How does that practically look? Well, it practically looks like this I might have the right to hold forgiveness from someone. Maybe they've done something to me that was wrong, and I feel slighted, and I'm I'm angry, and so I'm going to hold forgiveness from them because I feel like they deserve it. But if I'm truly denying myself, in Christ, we are told to forgive because we are forgiven. I don't don't have a choice in that now. I can't categorize sin, and 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 once again, this is not... uh, to whitewash or to, to, to make little, anything that you've gone through, any atrocities that you have gone through in your life, which are horrible, which Christ understands. And that's why he went to the cross. But I want you to understand this, that Jesus willingly came into our world, into the filth of our world, to leave the presence of heaven to come and our world to live among us, to show us the way back to the Father, to give his life, which was sinless for you and I, and to pay the penalty for you and I that none of us deserved or earned or merited. But he does it for us because of his love and his grace. And when I understand it, that flies in the face of everything the world tells us. Everything the world tells us. I don't get mad, I get even, I'm going to make them pay the rest of their life for what they did to me. And what does Jesus do? He comes amongst us sinners who is perfect in every way and then dies our death to show us the way to the father. That's grace that none of us earn or deserve. That's grace. And when I understand the gospel message, I understand that I don't have a choice in that now that if I'm obeying the Lord, then I've got to deny my feelings of what I think is right and how I want to protect myself to deny that, to follow Christ and say there's a greater purpose here. And in denying myself, that's where I find true freedom and that's where I find God's grace when I do that. So many times we think, I'm going to feel better if I just feel this way and I just, mm," and I let that bitterness just grow and hang on there, and then I'm going to just use it like a pet, and I'm just going to, you know, use it like a pet and just keep it there and feed it and be nice to it. That was kind of weird, but anyways, it was a good (laughs) illustration, okay? I didn't use that in the first service, so I thought you guys would like that. But don't we like to hang on to it? Because we think it's going to make us feel better. If I hold on to this bitterness and I leave it there, I'm going to think, I think I'm going to make myself feel better because I want to hold it over that person. I want them to pay. And what does Jesus do? He pays for their sin and he pays for my sin. And so if I'm going to deny myself, I don't have a choice that I have to forgive and I have to give that person to the Lord and allow God to deal with them. That doesn't whitewash what they did or the atrocities that have been done in our world god is the judge and he deals with it my job is to deny myself and follow the lord see we are not repressing ourselves we are giving ourselves to christ we are submitting to christ in every area of our life that's what jesus means see cross-bearing this is interesting cross-bearing does not mean and we kind of use this in a way, and this is a misunderstanding of what it means to take up my cross and follow Jesus. We look at cross we're like, oh I've got a hangnail, right? And oh it's just the cross I gotta bear, right? Oh I stub my toe getting up in the middle of the night to use the bathrooms, like, oh just the you know, the, the cross I have to bear. That's not what it means. It, it it doesn't mean that we're not gonna suffer in this world because we all will. At one point or another. But this is not the little minor inconveniences of waiting in traffic or, you know, they didn't have certain thing in the grocery stores. Like, oh, this is just the, you know, cross I have to bear. That's not what it means. To take up your cross, you have to understand what the purpose of the cross was. It refers to forcing someone, forcing a criminal, a condemned person to carry a wooden beam to their place of execution. What it means. See, they were completely conquered. This criminal was completely uh, conquered, and their last act was to carry their cross, which meant complete submission to those who condemned them. And they didn't have a choice, they had to do it. And we see this in our Lord Jesus when he was condemned to the cross, where For a while, he did carry his cross until he was too weak to do it. We see him doing that for you and I. So what did Jesus mean by us picking up our cross and following him? It means this, complete submission to the one who has ultimate authority over us, and it's Jesus. Jesus is saying to us, deny yourself, and then take up your cross and be fully submitted to me and my authority. Now, I don't make you do this. I'm not going to coerce you to do this. This is an act of your will to follow me because you understand what I accomplished for you. See, our calling, Jesus says to him, is to complete submission to him. And what I'm actually doing is I'm stepping away from myself. This is what it means. It means when you deny yourself, it means to disown. I am disowning myself. So self-denial is intentionally denying control of my life and giving the power to Christ. That's what it means. Now, now how do I, how do, how do I live this out in my life so that, that I can find a better way in Christ Jesus? Because the way of Christ, in many ways, is the polar opposite to what we see in the world. And so what Jesus tells us, and here's the gospel message, Jesus tells us that that the first shall be last. If you want to be exalted, you must be humbled. To be strong, you must be weak. In order to receive, you must be a giver. To gain your life, you must lose it. This is totally different language that we hear from the world. So what's the meaning here? It's not about believing in you. Jesus frees us from ourselves and all the pressure that comes with trying to be perfect. He frees us from that. And so what Jesus is teaching is in direct conflict what seems to be natural in our world. And Jesus frees us from having to figure it all out ourselves. Proverbs 14.12 says there's a path before each person that seems right, but in the end it, it leads to death. Solomon, who was considered one of the wisest men to ever live, understood that without God, our wisdom leads to destruction. David Guzik says it this way, we can't entirely trust our own examination and judgment to really know who are on the way of life instead of the way of death. We need to fear the Lord and receive his wisdom, especially as revealed in his word. You see, the greatest joy that we can find and the greatest freedom that we can find in our lives is actually when we give up control to the one who created us. And I love these words. to Jesus, Jesus gives these words to those who have been trying to do it themselves, who have been trying to religiously meet all the religious standards that the religious elite were trying to place on them and they, were just, they basically just gave up. They said, we can't do it, we can't do it. And here are the words for those who've been trying to do it themselves, who've been trying to be perfect in this or trying to find confidence and trying to find their self-esteem in the world. Listen to Jesus' words in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. And Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary, See, what Jesus is saying, he's trying to free us from ourselves. All the burdens that we place in our life of trying to do the right thing, be the right person, all the stuff that's in our past, from all the bad decisions that we have made. Jesus says, come to me. And we sing about this, that God can take the ashes, right, of our lives and make something beautiful out of it. That is the gospel message, that God does redeem us. That God does restore us. Do we live with the consequences of our decisions? We do. But that doesn't mean that God cannot restore and use us in the future. That's the hope that we have in Christ Jesus, that he makes all things new. So my question for you is, what is what is the burden on your heart today? What is the thing that you're attached to? Is there a chain behind your life that you're attached to something in your past and you're just dragging that thing along? And it's weighing you down. It's keeping you from the freedom that is yours in Christ Jesus. It's keeping you from the identity that Christ wants to give you. You are worthy in Christ. Your identity is in him. He did everything for you, we don't have to perform for Jesus anymore. When we try to perform for Jesus, that's just pride. That's just, that's just us trying to do it ourselves to be approved, right? Jesus says you don't have to do that. I already did that for you. You come as you are. Give your life to me and deny yourself. Take up your cross. Submit to me. And allow me to give you your worth. Because you're never going to find it in the world. You're never going to find it through having perfect kids or whatever it might be. You will not find it there. You can only find it in me. And the way we start that, the way we start that is just simply giving everything to Christ. And doing everything we can to please him now. Not that, not, not that we're trying to earn His love, his love has already been displayed for us. I like what John Bloom says here. It says, unique to anyone else in human history, Jesus simply offers himself as the universal solution to all that burdens us. Oh, that's so good. Jesus just simply offers himself. He says, don't chase after these other things to try to find your worth just come to me, and I will give you rest for your souls. So Jesus took the yoke of your sin, of our sin, and shame on the cross. In exchange, in exchange, he gives us his yoke of peace. So my question to you as we close the day, and we just close with a beautiful song, my question to you today, where are you at? What, what, what burden is on your heart today? What, what are you struggling with today? Are you struggling with stuff from years ago that someone said something to you and it's just in your craw, it's in your mind and you keep replaying that and it's on just rewind all the time? Give it to Christ. Are you disappointed today? Have you looked over your past because you see maybe broken relationships or you see broken marriage or you see all these things and this is just weighing you down? Give it to Christ. He's the solution. Find your worth in Him. Do, do, do you need to make amends with someone that you know that your relationship was broken? Do you need to make, make amends? Make amends. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow him. Find your worth in him. When you look in the mirror and you look at yourself, what do you see? You see someone who isn't measured up? Someone who isn't perfect? What do you see? Do you see all your mistakes, all your past? Or do you see a child that Jesus died for? And who loves you and gave his life for you? I love this song we're going to sing. There's a line in it, and it says this. Oh, the cross of Jesus Christ, he's the reason I'm alive. For his blood has set me free, and it will never lose its power for me. Every single time you don't feel worthy or you don't measure up to the world standards, look to Christ and what he accomplished for you. Let him fill you with his love and his peace. Let him be the reason why you live. Let him be the reason that you can forgive when you don't feel like it. Let him be the reason for all those things. Find your worth in him. So what are you struggling with today? What's burdening your heart today? Give it to Christ. Let Him show you that you are worthy in Him because He purchased your life on the cross. He gave His life for you. His blood was given for you to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness that we could now become children of the most high and nothing can take that away you are new in Christ let that be your identity so father God as we bow our hearts before you today I pray for everyone here today those watching online God Lord I thank you that that you are worthy because you are the only one who gave your life to purchase ours back Lord, I pray, God, for anyone that's struggling today, any burdens that they may have, Lord, I just pray that they would give that to you, that they would give their life to you, that they would realize who they are, the things that they're struggling with, Lord, you know. You know what they are. And I pray that we would find our worth and our identity in Christ and Christ alone. And I thank you. It's not going to come from this world. It can only truly come from you. And allow us to live our life with that, point of view of us in christ and give us the freedom take that burden from us that we've been carrying way too long and thank you for the freedom that we find in christ in christ alone so do your work god i pray in jesus name in jesus name